worship you and be for hearts that our hearts can be open to you, Lord. And be with all those who are traveling, Lord. Be with those who are on spring break and be with them that they will be safe, Lord, and that they will represent you no matter where they go, Lord. And Lord, be with the group of kids going to Lads to Leaders this weekend, Lord, and be with them that they can represent Christ and put you first in all that they do. And not only be with them, Lord, but be with all the kids here at Seven Oaks and comfort them and guide them as they live their lives, Lord. In your son's name, amen. So it is now springtime. I love the spring. Um, it's one of the most beautiful times of the year. I don't like the pollen and the allergies that come with that, but spring itself, I absolutely love. Um, one of my favorite things to do around this time is I love going to the zoo. I love animals. Um, animals are great, but something that's just as good as a normal zoo is a petting zoo. Uh, there's a petting zoo up there, and when I was, when I was 14 years old, um, maybe 13, 14, I, um, I went with some people from my youth group. There was a church that had a petting zoo. It was like a one-day VBS or something, and they had a petting zoo there, and it was the most chaotic petting zoo I've ever seen in my life. So they had, they had a live camel, and this camel was like in a cage, and um, you could like touch it, but all the other animals which there were goats, chickens, pigs, lamb, like any farm animal imaginable were like in one tiny pen. And um, some of these animals wouldn't get them along and they were like knocking each other over and little kids were in the pen and they were getting knocked over and it was super chaotic and it was awesome. Okay, um, it, it was a sight to see and I was 14 years old and um, when, when you're a 14 year old boy, um, you know, you, you have a normal 14-year-old boy, and then you have a 14-year-old boy around girls, and when that happens, their brain shuts off, okay? Um, their brain is not working, and I fell in that second category of brain shutting off, um, and I had a bright idea. I was going to go in the, the pen with all the crazy animals, and um, I was going to pick up some strands of grass and, like, little tiny clumps of mud and kind of throw them in the direction of this giant goat, okay? I don't know why I did that, but I did. It wasn't bright, and I wasn't trying to hurt the goat. I was just trying to get its attention. Um, well, this goat, I got its attention all right, and it looked at me um, dead in the eyes, and it does that little thing that goats do where they, like, rear their foot backwards, like from a cartoon. And from that point on, it was in slow motion. Okay, I see this goat coming at me, and I freeze. Okay, because I know what's about to happen. This giant goat is about to hit me, and I'm about to fall over, fall in some mud. And so, like, I'm embracing what's about to happen. And as I'm there, I'm waiting, and I'm like, oh, no. And out of nowhere, a sheep comes out of nowhere and just, like, minding its own business, walks in front of the goat, and absolutely gets slammed. Like, this goat knocked that sheep off its feet. The sheep goes flying. Um safe from the goat, but this sheep, I, like, it had no clue what it was doing. It was just minding his own business, having a great time, and because of my irresponsibility and irresponsible actions, this goat suffered, and the goat, I mean, this sheep suffered, rather, and this sheep had no clue what was going on, um, and um, it, it goes to show that sheep are very funny animals. I don't know if you've ever been around sheep, or you've taking care of sheep or seen them, but they're not the brightest crayons in the bat box. Like, sheep are just not that bright. 
Um, like this sheep in the story, it just wondered. It didn't know what was going on. Minding his own business. And actually, if you look in this sheep, they're not as, uh, not as not smart as you would think. Sheep actually have the potential to be really smart, like if you look at their brains. But the reason why sheep have a bad record of not being that bright is because they have something that some people call herd mentality or um, sheep mentality. Some people label that as that. Um, the thing they do is they follow each other. They follow the crowd. Um, for example, if I had a bunch of sheep on a cliff um, and one of the sheep just decided to walk off, the second sheep would see him do that and walk off the same cliff because he was like, oh, my buddy did that, so I'm going to do that too. And then the third sheep would see his buddy walk off the cliff and say, oh, he did that, so I'm going to do that too. Sheep, like, that seems kind of um, not smart to us, but that's how sheep are. Um, also, I had sheep in a barn, and I had a hurdle set up, and the first few sheep jumped over the hurdle. And if I moved it, all the other sheep would jump in the same exact spot where the hurdle was because they saw the sheep before them do that. Um, that's just how they are, which is kind of funny. If, you, if you've never seen that, look up a video on YouTube about that. It's really funny because they just do it. That's what they know. Um, they follow each other. Um, sheep follow sheep. They need somebody to shepherd them, which is where a shepherd comes Because... Sheep, they can't live on their own. They're going to die. An animal is going to eat them. They're going to fall off a cliff. Whatever it may be, sheep cannot go on their own. They need a shepherd to be dependent on. Sheep are dependent on a shepherd for everything they do. Okay, They guide them. They feed them. They walk them. They need a shepherd. And us as humans sometimes are like that as well. We need somebody to guide us because we follow the crowd we do things that might not seem the brightest we do things that might not seem like the right thing to do and we do them maybe because other people are doing them we do them because we don't know better like a sheep and we need a shepherd to guide us a shepherd to feed us a shepherd to give us water a shepherd to make sure our enemy doesn't get us a shepherd to make sure we don't make a mistake and far, fall off a cliff. And folks, this shepherd is God. Um, I'm spoiling the lesson right now. Jesus is our shepherd, um, and we are to follow him. And this idea of a spiritual shepherd is found throughout the Bible. It's found throughout, throughout that book that we have in front of us. Okay, um, A common chapter that gets quoted a lot. It's Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I will not want. This idea, David understood this idea probably better than anybody here because he was a shepherd. The man who wrote these words, he knew what it was like to be a shepherd. He knew what it was like to lead sheep. and He saw that in God. He saw God as our shepherd. And not only in Psalm 23 did we get that imagery, but we also get it in John chapter 10, which is where I want to spend most of our time today is looking at what we can get from John chapter 10 because it tells us, it talks about how Jesus is our shepherd. And not only that, he's our good shepherd. And there's a lot we can learn from that. 
And that's what I want to look at and guide our thoughts in today. Um, but before we get there, um, every passage in the Bible has context. Um, and the context here we get for chapter 10 comes straight from the chapter before in chapter 9. Now, a few weeks ago, Tyler, he talked about John chapter 8 and Jesus being the light of the world, and he used chapter 9 as the proof for that. And I don't want to spend too much time on John chapter 9, but I want to give us a little recap, because this sets the scene for everything that we're going to look at today. So in John chapter 9, if you remember, Jesus, he meets a man who had been blind since birth. This man, he could not see. And his disciples, they look at Jesus, and they're like, hey, um, who sinned? Was it this man? Or his parents and Jesus in John 9, verse 3, he tells his disciples, he says, It was not this man that sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day, night is coming, when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And Jesus, what he does after this is he heals the man, and the man can now see and if you were blind and you gained your eyesight back, like I know if I was blind and I gained my eyesight back, I would be like as happy as like a kid in a pancake shop, okay? Like I'd be like, yes, I can see. And I would run around and tell everybody. And that's exactly what this man does. Is he goes around and he tells people, he's like, I can see. And everybody's like, how can you see? And he gives an answer. And that answer is Jesus. Well, there's some, there's some people during this time that were considered spiritual shepherds to the Jewish people. These people were known as Pharisees. They were People looked at them to get their knowledge about God. And so they go to the Pharisees, and the Pharisees kind of get kind of mad. They're like, hey, today's Sabbath day, and we as Jewish people are not supposed to work on the Sabbath. So this man is in the wrong. This Jesus guy... Something's wrong, because he isn't from God because he doesn't keep the Sabbath, and maybe he's a demon. Maybe he's a sinner. And so, long story short, the Pharisees are trying to prove Jesus wrong. They're trying to prove him as a false teacher. And that's where Jesus takes the floor in chapter 10, and this is where he tells them everything that we're going to look at today. And these people here in this passage, these Pharisees, They are like a sheep here in this passage. And they are a sheep about to go off a cliff. And all the people are following them. And if the Pharisees go off this cliff, all the people there are going to go off this cliff as well. In this spiritual rut, this place that is far from God. And Jesus acts as the shepherd here and guides them back. And so the first point I want to look at is overall this idea of Jesus being our good shepherd. Um, Jesus is our good shepherd. But not only that, he is the only good shepherd. Um, John chapter 10, um, verses 1 through 2, this is the first thing that Jesus says here. He says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold by the doors, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So what he's saying here is, um, he's like, hey folks, there's some teachers here that are not teaching what they should. Um, and he's saying, those are like thieves and robbers. And um, it reminds me of this story. There was a shepherd 
who he was, he was terrified to lose his sheep, okay? The shepherd, he loved his sheep, he cared about his sheep, and he was scared that they were going to walk off a cliff. He was scared that a wolf was going to eat his sheep. And so he has a genius idea. He has this idea that he thinks is the best idea ever. He's going to build a wall, okay? So he builds a wall around his sheep, okay? And it's the greatest thing ever to him because no animals can get in. No wolves can get in. Wolves tried climbing this wall, and they could not enter. Um, the sheep, they could not be led astray because they are confined in this wall. Um, and nothing can get to them. They can't go and mess up. And the sheep, they could eat in peace. And the shepherd was so happy that, like, he was telling everybody about it. And he got invited to go speak to, like, shepherd conventions. And he was going around, and he was like, this is the best idea ever. And he was teaching people about it because he was excited, and he was telling them his genius new plan. Okay? So he gets home from one of these conventions one day, and uh, he goes to check on his sheep, and uh, they were all dead, every last one of them. And um, kind of a morbid ending to this, but what happened was um, the sheep, they were stuck inside these walls, and they ate all the grass. They drunk all the water. There was nothing else for them to consume, and they died from starvation. And this shepherd... At first, it looked like he was a good shepherd. It looked like he knew what he was doing. But in reality, was he was a bad shepherd. He, he trapped his sheep in, and they died. And sometimes leaders get like that, where they get comfortable in something. And they get comfortable in this, and they check off all the boxes, and they say, I'm doing this. No wolves are eating my sheep. My sheep ain't wandering off. I'm doing everything correctly. And we check off boxes, and everything seems all right. But we are comfortable, and in this comfortableness, we are trapped, and it leads to that death. And this happens in spiritual lives, where we make ourselves in a comfortable place, and we get trapped, and we ain't actually growing, and it leads to spiritual starvation, which leads to spiritual death. And when leaders, when they do what is comfortable all the time, and what feels right to them, not the truth. It leads to more problems. But the thing is, church, the problems decrease when everybody is following the good shepherd, which is Jesus. Jesus is the only good shepherd. He's the only one that we should look to. Um, It's kind of like if you have a cup, um, and in this cup, you have your own desires. Okay, you got to empty out your own desires and fill it up with Jesus. Because Jesus is the only thing that we need. Um, Here here in John chapter 9, the Pharisees were not helpful. People looked at them as shepherds. People looked at them as leaders. And they were creating more problems than good. And Jesus, he calls them here in these verses we read, thieves and robbers. Folks, when, when there's leaders, when they don't follow Jesus, it creates more problems than good. And that ought not to be so. But in verse 11, Jesus, he tells the people, and he also says this in verse 14 as well, he says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the only one that we should look to. And the way we know that people are leading in a way that's of Jesus is there's an easy way to find this out, okay? Okay. 
the way is following the Bible, knowing your Bible, reading your Bible. And if, if we know who Jesus is, if we have a relationship with Jesus, if we know him through scriptures and we see him in our lives, um, if somebody's leading in a way that's not of Jesus, we're going to see that. And we're going to say, hey, wait a minute, that doesn't look like Jesus. Let's get back on path. And that's what happens here. And as we live our lives, the thing that we can take out of Jesus being the only good shepherd is we need to look to Jesus. We need to look at him. Um, have you ever gotten in trouble for something um, by a parent or a teacher? And um, they say, look at me. Look at me in the eyes um, when I'm talking to you. Okay, this kind of is what happens with Jesus. When we mess up, we need to look to him to get better. Um, so an application we take from this is don't look just to other people for spiritual life. Look to the Bible. Look to Jesus. Jesus is the only good shepherd. Why, why would we not look to him? But not only that, at, Jesus is our only good shepherd, but the good thing about that is leads us to our second point is Jesus knows his sheep, and they know him. Okay, one thing that makes him a good shepherd is he knows his sheep. Um, John 10, 14, he says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. Jesus, he knows them. He tells us that. Um, usually, when people say sheep, they're all the same to them. Um, if, I pit, if I brought like 10 sheep in here, and I told you all their names. And I'm like, this is Billy. This is Bob. This is, well, I don't know. Just give them all 10 names. And then I mix them up. And then I was like, okay, tell me which sheep is which. Okay, I think we would have a lot of trouble finding out what sheep is what. Because they all look the same. But the thing about Jesus is he sees their differences. He sees them as individuals. And he doesn't see his church, and his followers as just one herd. He sees us as people. He sees me. He says, Jacob is one of my followers. And he sees you. He says, they are one of my followers. And he knows us individually. Like I said, sheep, they have a herd mentality. But Jesus, he sees them all. And this is one of the many, many reasons that makes Jesus special. Because he knows us. He knows our hearts. He knows who we are. And anybody can say anything about us, okay? Um, anything. And that doesn't matter because Jesus knows our hearts. Jesus knows what we think, what we do. Um, John 10, 27 is one of the greatest verses in this passage. And Jesus, he says in this verse, sheep, they hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Um, hearing a voice is one of the most calming things ever. If you've ever seen a baby um, and they, they're crying and then they hear their mama's voice and everything is peaceful. The crying stops because they know that voice and they know that voice cares about them and they know that voice loves them. And that's how it is with Jesus. We hear his voice and we should know that Jesus loves us. Um, you know, we sing that song uh, as kids, that Jesus loves me. I'm not going to sing it for y'all, but we know the song. Um, and 
it's this idea of, you know, Jesus loves me, this I know. I know that he loves me. But um, me and Tyler, there's somebody we've been with, and they have one of those, like, Hobby Lobby signs in their house that you can buy only at Hobby Lobby. And um, it said, um, Jesus knows me, this I love. Like, it kind of flips that song in reverse, which is awesome because that's a biblical concept. Like, Jesus knows me. He knows you. We should love that. Like, that's awesome. Um, and we should follow him. When, when a sheep, they hear their shepherd's voice, they know that's what they should do. They know that's who they should follow. And when we hear Jesus' voice, we should follow him. And not only does Jesus know us, we should know him. We should get to know him. As I mentioned, sheep, they usually have a special bond with their shepherd. They know who their shepherd is, what their shepherd does. They know his voice and they follow him because they trust him. They put their trust in us, in him. And that's how we should be. Our bond with Jesus should be built on trust. What Jesus tells us to do, we should follow. Um, that's easier said than done. We, we can say all we want. I want to follow Jesus. I want to do what he wants me to do. But there's a difference between saying something and actually doing it. Um, for example, I can say, I'm going to go home and make the best chocolate cake ever. Okay? I've never made a chocolate cake in my life. I, I didn't know you put oil in brownies till like a few months ago. I thought you just put water in the mix and threw them in the ovens, and those were terrible brownies. Um, but I don't know how to cook. I can say all I want that I'm going to go home and bake the best chocolate cake ever. Okay, if I go home, I'm not going to know what to do. I'm, I think you need like cocoa powder, maybe some milk and some eggs. But like, I'm not going to make a good chocolate cake because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and you can say you're going to follow Jesus all you want, but you got to know him. you got to know Jesus. You have to know how to follow him. And we get that through the word of God. Um, that's easier said than done, but we ought to know him. And the, the one way we can know Jesus is, this is a very important word, and this is a very important word in um, any kind of relationship. Um, if, you're, if you're younger and you're dating somebody, or if you're married, um, or if you have kids or you have parents, um, this word comes in handy. Okay, ready for this? Listen. Um, you've got to listen. Um, you know, I've been told, and my parents are visiting today. And my grandparents, I didn't know they were coming, but they're here. They're, that's awesome. Um, but uh, one thing I would hear growing up, and they might crack a smile and know what I'm going to say, is, Jacob, are you listening to me? Are you listening? Like, do you hear anything? Thing that comes out of my mouth because they would tell me to do something and I would do the complete opposite. Um, and they're over there smiling because they know that's completely true. Um, and it's the idea, and maybe we know somebody like that, where you say something to them and they just don't listen. They just don't follow what they are told to do. And that can be very frustrating, right? When you tell somebody to do something and they do the complete opposite. And I see some people looking at their kids and husbands and wives, and I'm not trying to call anybody out there, but, um, but something that helps is just taking a step back and listening. Um, and that's what we ought to do with Jesus. If that, if that helps our earthly relationships with each other, would it not help our relationship with Jesus if we just took a step back and listened? Because Jesus cares about us. He loves us. He wants what's best for us. So why would we not listen to him?
And I don't know about you, but I don't just wake up every morning and I hear I don't just hear Jesus in my ear that says, Jacob, don't do anything bad today. Like I don't I don't hear that. Maybe you do, and that's awesome. But like, um, but just because I don't hear that and we don't hear that um, doesn't mean that we can't hear Jesus. I still hear Jesus, and He's speaking to us now through His Word. I'm not Jesus speaking. I'm not saying that at all. But what I'm saying is His Word speaks to us. Listen. It's, it's amazing how far you get when you actually take a step back and listen. Jesus told these people what they need to know, what they need to follow. And the same words are available to us, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. All we have to do is listen and act on what we hear. Because there's a difference between hearing and listening. If you're actually listening, you're going to do what you hear. Um, and when we spend time in the Bible, when we hear lessons, when Tyler normally speaks to us, or we're in Bible class, or we're doing our own personal Bible study, do we truly hear the words of God? Or do we tune them out and just go through the motions? When I, I want you all to reflect on your life. When, when everything is over, when, uh, when we were in heaven and we were being judged for all that we've done, uh, would Jesus say that he knows you? If Jesus was to walk in those doors right now, would he say he knows you? Would he say that he knows me? Would he say that he knows any of us? Is Jesus in your heart? Like, what, what will he say to you? I want you to think about that. Even after the lesson, when you go home and eat your Mexican food or your good cooked dinner, whatever you're doing, like, after you do that, before you take a nap or after you take a nap, or before you go to bed tonight, think about what would Jesus say if he was to walk in my life right now, what would he say? Would he say that I know him? Would he say that I listen to him? You know, everybody in this room right now is at church, okay? I, I know that might come as a shock to y'all that we are in the church building right now, but um, we are. You know, we go to church, we sit in class, we, we sit in worship, we live our lives, and maybe we read our Bibles, but are we listening to God's word? Are we listening? I want us to think about that. And not only does he know his sheep and they know him and we know him. Um, the most beautiful thing about Jesus being our shepherd is his final point. Um, if the side will work. All right, Jesus loves his job as a shepherd. Um, imagine you have two restaurants, okay? You have two restaurants side by side. Um, in one of these restaurants, the owner of it cares about his restaurant. He cares about his food, and it's his prized possession, okay? And he, when he makes the restaurant, he gets the state-of-art equipment. He gets everything that he needs. He hires the best workers. He does background checks. He interviews them. He watches them in the kitchen, and he makes sure they have good manners. He teaches them, and he puts in a lot of effort. And you go to that restaurant, and it's some of the best food you've ever eaten in your life because he cares about what he does. He's passionate about his food. He puts time. He puts effort. Um, he puts passion in his creation, in his food. But then, the restaurant next door is um, it's owned by somebody that just wants to make money. He doesn't really care about his restaurant. He doesn't care about his food. Um, he buys the cheapest ingredients. Um, and he hires the cheapest workers, which 
In, in this scenario, these cheapest workers, and this ain't always the case, but in this scenario, the cheapest workers are the laziest, and they don't do anything. So you go to this restaurant, and it takes you like two hours for them to finally take your order and for you to get your food, and when they bring it out, it's cold, and they randomly put mayonnaise on it. Like, you don't eat, it didn't even come with mayonnaise, but they put it on a food item anyway. Um, like, they don't care. It's just a random thing to them. They're not passionate about it. And have you ever met anybody that they have a job and they just love that job and they take it seriously and they have so much passion about it? But maybe you've met somebody on the complete opposite end of things. Maybe they just despise their job and they constantly complain about it and they say, I don't want to go to work because I don't like it. And they, they constantly complain and they have to do the job and they just don't care. It makes a difference. If you're a boss or if people work for you, you can tell if somebody loves their job, and you can tell if they don't love their job by the way that they work. Um, and Jesus, he loves his job as our good shepherd. Um, he loves it so much. Um, in John 10, verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Okay? He loves his sheep so much. And when I say his sheep, I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about us, folks. Um, he loves us so much. He was willing to die for us, give his life. Um, think about this for a second. Um, Jesus, he's the good shepherd. Okay, he guides us. Jesus was willing to lower himself as a lamb, as a sheep, and go in the midst of his sheep, in the midst of his flock, and to be sacrificed as this lamb for them. That's how much he cares. He was willing to lower himself to the point. If you, if you think of a shepherd, they're on a different scale as a sheep. Sheep don't know any better. A shepherd does. That's why we need the shepherd as the sheep. Jesus was willing to be a sheep to bring up their children. And that's the best thing that somebody could ever do. Jesus, when he was on the cross, uh, or before he was on the cross, when he's in the garden praying, he says, Father, not my will, but yours be done. What he says is, he's saying, this ain't about me. Well, it is about Jesus, but he's saying that it's about what God wants and what God can do in our lives. Um, John 10, verse 15, it gives a very similar story to what we hear in verse 11. It says, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I've laid down my life for my sheep. Jesus, he, he died for us. And what are we going to do about that? Um, what are we going to do about his sheep? Um, are we going to be passionate for him? Um, Jesus was passionate about us. He knows us. He knows you individually. He knows your hearts. And what are you doing for him? Are you passionate for him? Do you care about him? Do you tell others about Jesus? What, what are you doing for Jesus? Guys, I want us to think for a second and kind of focus our thoughts on Jesus. Because like being a Christian, it's all about Jesus. Um, I hope that doesn't come as a shock because um, as a Christian, it starts off with the word Christ. It's all about Jesus. Um, like you wouldn't be here and you wouldn't be a Christian if you didn't care about Jesus. Like, I, I, I know. But sometimes it's easy to get distracted. It's easy 
for us to try to justify what we're doing wrong, but what we really need to do is just get to know Him, get to know Jesus, um, follow Him in all that we do. So as, as we come to a, to a conclusion, as we come to an end, um, I, I can't see it on that screen back there, but you can see it pretty good up here. Um, kind of what we talked about is Jesus is our only good shepherd, okay? Um, he's the only person we should look to. We should see other people and see Jesus in them and see Jesus in ourselves. Because as a Christian, we need to look like Christ. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, it's Paul writing to the church at Corinthia, and he, he tells them, he says, imitate me, Paul, as I am Christ. And what he is saying here is something we can follow. Is we as Christians, we imitate Jesus. So people that don't know Jesus can see Jesus. Because uh, I can guarantee you, there's so many people in Mayfield that do not know who Jesus is. Um, that have never met Jesus, that do not know what Jesus can do for them. And the only way that they will know Jesus and they will see Jesus is through you. And you. And you, and you, and I could point at everybody, but that would take, like, so long. Um, or me. That's how Jesus gets known, is by the way we act. And through that, Jesus, those who follow him, Jesus knows them, and they know him, which is one of the greatest perks about being a Christian, is because we have a Savior that loves us and cares about us. But not only that, the third point, Jesus loves his job as the good shepherd, that he was willing to die for us on that cross. Jesus died for all of us. Um, what are we doing for him? Uh, are we living for him? Are we doing what he wants us to do? Um, here in this chapter, there are two reactions to Jesus um, being our shepherd. Um, the first one is, we, we see it in a few verses here. Um, I'm going to read these verses for us. Verse 20. Um, Many of them said, he has a demon is insane. Why listen to him? And in verse 31, and the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. And in verse 39, and again they sought to arrest him, but he escaped from his hands. So this is one reaction to our good shepherd, a guy that cares about us, a savior that loves us is people, they said he was crazy. They said, Jesus don't know nothing. He's insane. He's a demon. And then they, then they picked up stones and were like, let's stone him. Let's kill him. And then they tried to arrest him. They rejected him. They said, nope. They said, I don't want Jesus. But then we have another reaction, and this is the one I want to focus on. Um, John 10, 21, um, it writes... And there were some saying, he's a demon, he's insane, why listen to him? And others said, these are not the words of one who is oppressed by a demon. Can a deep demon open the eyes of the blind? They are saying, this ain't a demon, this is of God. And then, verse 42, chapter 10, and many believed in him there. They believed in Jesus. Um, the opposite of rejecting Jesus is believing in him and acting on him? Do we hear him? Do we spend time devoted in Christ? Are we in a relationship with him? For those who fill out the little um, um, note-taking thing with the blanks, um, the last blank is, are we in a blank with Jesus? And I was going to, I had a slide up there that said relationship, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to have people write whatever they want. If you're filling that out, write relationship, write commitment 
right lifestyle, because that's what it is, guys. It's a commitment. It's a lifestyle. It's a way that we live. It's a relationship. You know, we think about relationships, and we think about dating somebody, being married to somebody, about having a relationship with a friend or a family. But, like, we should apply what we know about relationships and apply it to Jesus, because that's the greatest relationship we have in our lives. We should have our focus be on him. Um, And as we looked at this passage about Jesus being our shepherd, I want us to focus on this idea of are we in a relationship with him? Are we committed to him? As I end, I want to read a a verse for us. Um, Matthew 7, starting verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. As I mentioned earlier, would Jesus say that he knows you right now? And if not, if Jesus won't say that he knows you, if you're not actually living for him and doing what you should, um, as I mentioned, that story of a bad shepherd, he was doing what was comfortable. He was keeping himself in a box, and it was actually bad for him. It wasn't good. Are we like that? Because um, if we are, there's a cure to that. Whenever we mess up, whenever we're not committed to Jesus, there's a way to get better. And that way to get better is the Word of God. It is following what Jesus has for us. So as we come to a close this morning, do you need Jesus? Um, there's a chance for you to come, come forward and develop a life to him. And a lot of times we get a stigma. When, when, when you're thinking about coming forward, we think, oh, people are going to judge me. People are going to look at me. Well, if people do that, okay, <laughs> they are wrong if people do that. Um, and if you have been guilty of doing that before, of judging people for going forward, don't do that. Um, because we need to be united. We need to be there for each other. Have anything, if you have any requests, come forward as we stand and we sing. While the light from the throne shines for you and me. Let us listen to the call of love. Zion's call is ringing, coming from the throne above. While we hear it ringing, let us heed the call of love. Road to the goal, burdens we must bear, but we have help from realms above. We receive courage new when we kneel in prayer. Let us listen to the call of love. Zion's call is ringing. 
coming from the throne above. While we hear it ringing, let us heed the call of love. While we tarry below, there is work to do, and our strength cometh from above. As we labor and wait, we must all be true. Let us listen to the call of love. Zion's call is ringing, coming from the throne above. While we hear it ringing, let us heed the call of love. You may be seated.